0: Right. This is Video Day. This is Controller 7. You're listening to Cabbages. You're probably not watching the movies that we watched, but <laughs> you're listening to them. And we're doing you a favor. This is a gift that we do for you. We subject ourselves to this for you.
1: Yeah, save, save your $11. Don't buy the Blu-ray. Dairy
2: eyes. Nothing's cooler than ice. Gary, uh, oh, you know what we yes. have to do.
3: I know, Jeff. I know. You, you know what we have to do. Yeah. You want to lead us out of the gate? This is a Cabbage's warning. Do not watch this movie. Do not watch this movie. Do not watch
2: Cool as Ice. Do not. Please do not waste your time on this fucking garbage hole movie. Please.
3: Do not do... What we did to ourselves and to two very fine guests. We love
2: them and we are sad at what we did and we're sorry to them.
3: Do not watch Close Eyes. We made these people watch this. They just put out a terrific album, Articulated Textiles. You should absolutely go see Video Dave and Controller Seven. Do not spend a dime of your money watching this movie. Do not watch this film. Put this money towards their record i can't apologize enough to video dave and controller seven so do not if, watch this movie do not watch this movie do not subject yourself to this film you know if you are a listener to this show that when we issue a warning like this we 100 we mean. really
2: mean it i mean this it. is
3: not enticement this is not us trying to say oh no don't watch it no do not watch cool as ice Don't. that being said enjoy the show I am excited to introduce our guests for today's show. Joining us now are Video Dave and Controller Seven. The former is a rapper-producer with releases on Open Mike Eagle's Auto Reverse label, who also frequently tours with him, while the latter producer has credits with artists such as Sage Francis, Soul and Buck 65. Together, they recently dropped the album Articulated Textiles, available on Bandcamp and wherever music is streamed or sold. Hello and welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Hey, what's happening?
3: There's a lot to discuss, but I would love for us to just Take a moment to reflect on the following. Mm-hmm. When a girl has a heart of stone, mm. there's only one way to melt it.
1: Just add ice.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm laughing at Dave shaking his head.
3: Yeah. What does that uh, phrase mean uh, to you guys? Because it doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs>
0: that, that phrase means somebody got a paycheck like that didn't deserve. That was the writer, writer's room. And they were like, that's the one. And none of them, they all should have been fired.
1: It, it defies physics.
2: You know, the, when does I'm going to compare anything? this to the, the 2023 New York Metropolitans.
1: Oh, God. Okay. Where there's a, a
2: gigantic groundswell of people that want to fire the manager and or the mm-hmm. GM, everybody, because they're not good. But like, if you're going to be bad, why are you going to pay two managers to be bad? Like, I think they hired a bunch of people that had no idea what they were doing to make a movie. They didn't really understand they were making. And that, you know, at some point you just look at it and go, Hey, Schlinger Schlong, what can
3: you do? Oh, uh, you jump in right into Schlinger Schlong. <laughs> just jump right into possibly the wildest line of the entire film. Where are you going across the street to a Schlong.
2: Schlong? What is that?
3: <laughs> what does that mean? Do you think sometimes when a man and a woman love each other very much,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or run over each other with horses and motorcycles?
3: There is so much to unpack with this, but before we get into the details of this movie, I think it's probably worthwhile just to talk about our respective experiences and understanding of Vanilla Ice. We are all uh men of a certain age. um I think we all can sort of say, generationally, we were there when this all was happening. Whether or not we have it, but I just love to know from like your perspective, your experience. So uh, Tommy, let's start with you. Like, I think just let's get an understanding kind of what your experience or understanding of Vanilla Ice was back then and kind of your perspective now.
1: I think I was in sixth grade when when he blew up. So I was prime prime audience. <laughs> um, it was definitely big in middle school. I don't remember at first it wasn't corny like he I I remember people thinking it was cool but I d- in 6th grade I did not have cool rap friends so mm, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> um but it was it seemed like he was cool and I remember people talking about the video um but it was huge in 6th grade like definitely like playing at dances and people uh, the casingle it was the casingle days
3: did you own the casingle or the album to the extreme
1: I did not own either I think I was smart enough to know I was hesitant <laughs> um okay. and I my brother owned the casingle um and he may have had the tape too I can't say I've ever heard the full album. Uh, I I don't think I know um, that besides and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle song, the ninja rap. Oh, sure. uh, I don't think I know any other songs except for the ones in this movie, which
3: are not on to the extreme. These were separate songs that were made for this film. Uh, There's about four Vanilla Ice originals that make it into the movie. So and each of them gets its own music video, which we will certainly be talking wow. about <laughs> over the course of this. Dave, what was and your sort of experience with uh, an understanding of uh, of Vanilla Ice uh, back then? I
0: mean, I feel like it was uh, fifth or sixth, probably sixth grade for me when mm-hmm. uh, Vanilla Ice and also MC Hammer were really doing their thing. And uh, if I if I said to y'all that I didn't love Ice Ice Baby, like if I was to say that, I'd be lying. Mm-hmm. It was the jam. It was on the radio. That's where I got my music those days, and I loved that song. And uh, there was some hesitation, but I loved it. And then I heard uh, play that funky music, White Boy,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I was questioning. I was like, "Wait a minute!" And then I never <laughs> heard the album. And then I was very excited for that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles second movie. Yeah, I saw that trailer, and I said, "Oh no!" And I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> That uh, didn't fool me. Like, I I was enough of a fan. I had my reservations, but I liked what I heard before. And I really liked the movie. And I saw that trailer and I immediately said to myself, oh, hell no. That's corny. So I'm proud of myself for that. uh, (laughs) Because I never heard the rest of the album. I never even, you know, I never gave him a chance after I saw that trailer. I knew right there. I saw that ninja, ninja rap. And I was like, oh, no. No, no, no.
3: So that's 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 how I felt about that
2: guy, Jeff. What about you? uh similar story. i What was what would I have been nine when that came out? Ninety. It came out in 90? ninety.
3: Yeah, ninety. Late ninety. September ninety was when the album came out.
2: Yeah. So literally, I was turning nine when this came out. So hit me with Ninja Rap at like ten years old. Excellent song. Total bomb. <laughs> uh, I I also just what a fucking jam it was about ninjas and rap two things that I had nascently discovered I was really into. Uh, did I make up a word to yes, that? No. Probably.
0: No, no, you used it probably. I just knew that it was wrong. I liked, I liked him. I liked ninjas. I just knew it was wrong once I heard it.
2: But like both of you and possibly Gary, we haven't heard about Gary yet. Hmm. But like both of you, guaranteed I never heard all of to the extreme to this day, I've never heard to the extreme in its full. And I think you'd be hard pressed. I think all of the sales came from that song being as big as it was. Yeah. And then it was the trial. Well, I guess not really a trial, but the lawsuit that sort of hit me to the game that like that guy sucks.
0: See, I didn't, mind. I didn't know anything about sampling. So the sampling didn't bother me as a thing. It was like, I got it that it was kind of corny. Like I, just understanding what they were saying. I was like, oh, I see why that's a problem. It didn't bother me in the least. It really wasn't so I saw that trailer that I knew. There's so something about that. I hear was you. It app- was, that app- was app- my introduction app- to
2: sampling. I learned what sampling was from Oh, from that. Bowie yeah, like, suing him. and I was like, wait a minute. These are samples? And my dad from the other room was like, that's why I keep telling you that they're stealing our music.
4: <laughs> that was
0: pretty incredible.
2: Oh, he was dad. like, this is it this is the one i was talking about you didn't believe me sure. and you started yelling
0: uh now it's on tv and you that's yeah. do i oh
2: absolutely yeah. i trusted it more than more than my that's father right. of course tv lied all the time my dad was kind of trying to tell me the truth we don't want that so no. i never owned that tape but i owned third base fresh prince dj jazzy jeff jams i own i owned some like happy rap for sure crisscross but I never owned any Vanilla Ice as far as I can remember. But I know that I liked it. I know that I did. I remember the words to the big single. Ice Baby. I still, I still
0: yeah, know I that. know it. Yeah. I, I know I it. Know it. Backwards like, and
2: forwards. And I've forgotten. Yeah. I've been going all these hip-hop 50s in the city, and I'm like, oh, my God, I've forgotten the lyrics to every one of these fucking songs. <laughs> Jesus, I used to know them backwards and forwards. But for well, some I, reason, I to the extreme.
0: That. He did something there. He did something there, man. He did. That. that uh, that Ice Ice Baby joint, he did something there. He he caught a wave, he caught a vibe, and he did something. And I, I could I could talk shit about the guy all day, but I'll I'll give his credit for that one. He he found a pocket, he wrote that shit out. Yeah. For that three okay. and a half minutes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I think when we get into the actual discussion of this movie, there is plenty to uh to of uh, criticism and critique to offer there.
4: Are mm, uh, I will are you sure? I mean,
1: I'm going to relay,
3: <laughs> don't Tim Robinson me right now, uh, <laughs> the fucking zip line, uh, I'm going to go full disclosure here, I could not have been a bigger Ninja Turtles fan in 1990 Hell yeah. Than, than I was, there, there was no way, I was a huge fan of the first film, and I yes. loved the soundtrack to the first film, you've got yes. Ya Kid K, you've got MC Hammer, I was fucking hooked, I had MC Hammer's album, and I had to the extreme. I had that. I have listened to you that own the You own the record. I wow. did own the record, awesome. and I heard it many times.
2: They should put pop- you in a museum.
3: Whoa. So-called <laughs> pop rap was something that absolutely sure. appealed to my brain. Because I couldn't at that time in my brain, I was not distinguishing between... Pop rap and all the other no. things I was hearing here in New York. Yeah. Like I grew up in Queens, I was hearing everything. So I heard De La Soul and I heard Vanilla Ice and I was going like, well, that guy samples this and that guy samples that. Like I recognize because I listen to a lot of classic rock radio mm. and my parents' record collection. So I was picking up on some of the things. It really wasn't, I think, until I heard and heard and saw the video for Pop Goes the Weasel, where Henry Rollins plays Huge. a parody of um of Vanilla Ice. And there's obviously there's very direct lines about it that I sort of said, OK, maybe I need to be more discerning here. Maybe I've been I've been tricked about that. Maybe this third, is third
2: base taught a yeah. lot of us that we were fucking up, that we were being controlled what? by bad rap.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, Jim, Jim Carrey making fun of him on uh, what's it called? In Living Color. Yes. Also. That, informed that, to me. It really. was like, oh, what? like that was because I had the feeling I was like, wait, this is corny. And then Jim Carrey
1: clowned him. And I was like, oh, yeah, I knew it. I knew it was cool and the far side were the backup dancers in that skit <laughs> it's
2: so awesome it's
1: crazy uh, that's crazy i had no idea about that that's amazing the
2: arc from ice ice baby becoming like a rap zenith to him on mtv smashing the master copy of the ice ice baby video <laughs> which if you don't know what i'm talking about
4: yeah pause it's <laughs> go
2: back watch the video of him he releases demons
3: yeah that that show
2: never counted on
3: i mean that's like that's like 10 <laughs> years wild. or so later right that's yeah. like 10 years or so later and he's basically... trying
2: to do the heavy rap rock mm. hard rock mm. reintroduction he's like, this is like in a hard like, rock
3: band at that point and that's like the third generation since
0: hold. then i'm just like some for some reason in my mind i started singing along to myself to the beginning of that did he say stop collaborate and listen those are the words right
3: yeah that's the beginning
0: collaborate with who what do you
3: collaborate it doesn't (laughs) collaborate with who the lyrics are nonsense i think he wants
2: you to collaborate with him like please come into the hearth of my fires
3: (laughs) you know come and come and
2: be fibrous in my skin with me all I think that was Jim
3: Jones's never, pitch back in the uh, in with the Kool-Aid. I've never
0: tried to break this song down all these years. Oh, it's oh,
3: oh, a pain. Collaborate.
0: Collaborate with who
2: yes, what does that even yeah. And I <laughs> heard a brand new invention, uh, in- invention. which <laughs> not also untrue. This is not your yeah. invention, Vanilla. No,
3: he did not make he did not invent mm. any of this. No. He, did, he was in the shadow of giants. Oh uh, for mm. sure. God. From Shakespeare yeah.
2: to the people that wrote his music,
3: he was yes. in all of their, their Shakespeare shadows. to earthquake. Everybody is in that. <laughs> but I want in that, in to. That but I want to point out that, like as as high of heights as he reached, like he had the number one album for sixteen weeks in the U.S. Like sixteen weeks,
2: and that's when sixteen records sold. weeks
3: at number one at records selling wow. actual physical copies on CD. <laughs> And cassette. I want to point I'm so out. I'm shit. so glad I didn't have a job. I'm so
0: glad I didn't have
3: a job because I didn't consider that shit. But I would have. Real. <laughs> the the decline from there is extraordinary, and this movie is one of the indicative things. So that was all 1990. He's opening for MC Hammer on tour. He's dating Madonna. Then comes ah. 1991. So 1991 broke. <laughs> <Jesus>. Um. <laughs> Ninja Turtles 2 comes out that March. He has been exposed in the press, locally in Dallas and also nationally, for a fake bio that his label wrote about his background, saying he went to school with Luther Campbell, which he did not in Miami, um, and a lot of other things that they made up about him. They had to quietly retract. Then he goes on the Arsenio Hall show. Have have any of you seen this amazing clip of him on the Arsenio Hall show? Yes, I have. It is brutal. Uh, yeah. when I think about Arsenio Hall, I don't in those days, and when I watched when I've watched that and when I've watched clips since, he's not exactly like the hard-hitting interviewer. He's an entertaining interviewer and he engages these guests probably better than a lot of other folks. Uh yeah, he didn't do this platforms. to
2: wrestlers or anything.
3: But he tore it's Arsenio discerated. Hall. Arsenio Hall tore vanilla ice apart because vanilla ice brought out flavor flavor at the beginning. And immediately, immediately afterwards, like basically for a hug and immediately afterwards, Arsenio is saying, oh, are you trying to show us that you have black friends, that you know, black people? Like, is this, is <laughs> Which, this, by the doing? way,
2: was likely the yes. idea of someone, is what that, he was like,
3: doing. someone exactly in his what he's circle doing. was like, you
2: need to like hug a black person when you walk out.
3: Yeah. Right. Because right. they're not going <laughs> to like you. <laughs> so Arsenio eviscerates him over the course yeah. of the interview, like. Calls out the bullshit of the bio. Calls out like, like stuff that like right now is very much in our consciousness about talking about things like appropriation and how white rappers get into these spaces and you you get the popularity and there's a question about like where advantages exist you know due to white privilege. Back then, these weren't discussions that we're having on that wide level. Here, he was being destroyed. It's a beautiful clip. Again, I I encourage everyone to watch it. There's the third base video for Pop Goes the Weasel, as I talked about before. There was a as told to biography, uh, which we'll take that as you will. Um, And (laughs) then, and then Mm. there Mm. is Cool as Ice.
2: (laughs) Look, fair or not, whatever happened to him, whether or not it was fair aside, all of rap essentially said, not him yeah this this was a a rap born attack
1: as cool as ice kind of like the last big i'm i can't say i'm familiar and i didn't and i didn't do the research but is it like the last project before does it end things for him
3: yes it does yes
1: this (laughs) so
2: but it wasn't the reviews to this that did it it was like you know the entirety of the rap community shitting collectively yeah. and then this came out and you know i don't want to give it away from maybe you guys loved it but it sucked and it and bombed is the movie and, after- and this was like the the final nail like he was buried
3: after that
1: Time- timeline wise the movie comes out after like pop goes the weasel yes it comes out after pop okay. goes
3: the weasel it comes out yeah. ninja- it comes out after ninja turtles 2 uh, it's yeah. out in October of uh of 1991, and I have to just point out a couple of things about uh that time period. So it comes out, and uh <laughs> it's opening week. No. Uh, it comes in at number fourteen. Oh. on the on the charts, it comes. They in weren't at making that 14. many movies back then. No, um, which is, <laughs> and I want to point out that that is it. It made about six hundred thirty-eight. Thousand dollars in that opening weekend, and it came out at number fourteen. But nine spots behind, it was n- that movie. Cool as I was, nine spots behind another new movie that was out called Ernest Scared Stupid.
2: And right, <laughs> and rightfully so.
3: <laughs> Ernest was a Ernest was
2: a gift to this earth for the most part.
3: Ernest P. what I mean That's hilarious. His Halloween version. Ernest is stupid. Of the wow. earnest movie.
0: Yeah, the earnest the earnest Halloween movie. Yes. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, so it did I'll tell <laughs> you what, no, made I hard.
2: had seen that movie and had never seen Cool as Ice. I'll say that. that, much. that had
4: that, any of you, you seen
0: this? I'd much rather watch all the Ernest movies. Absolutely. Well, I'd yeah. seen i have never. Maybe not all. Not all. all of them, I
2: don't know. I don't know, know that I'm going to watch Ernest in Africa again. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be out.
3: <laughs> Ernest <laughs> in just, Africa is not the way we like
2: to believe that didn't happen, <laughs> but it did.
1: No, I mean that was uh, when he was pure deep TV. Wow. I'd seen it. None of you had seen this. I'd seen it. I've seen it at some point because I remember watching it at a friend's house hmm. probably when I was like later teens so probably like 16 or 17 or something like that and so it was more like as a a joke type thing you know like let's watch yeah. this and the only part I really remembered was the, the dad from Family Ties like he comes to the door and the dad answers and then he said something really stupid in response to him. And that part just stuck in my mind. That was the only thing I could remember. Mm. Um, and so I, to be honest, I went into this like semi hopeful. I, <laughs> I was like, maybe it's kind of funny. And um, when I went to see where I could watch it, where I could stream it, it wasn't on that many places. It wasn't anywhere for free. <laughs> The yeah. only thing for free was um, Amazon had one of those like commentary ones. So it was like someone talking over the whole thing, which yeah, I didn't watch. Tracks. The riff tracks, so yeah. and, I, and I'm one of those people that I am of a certain age that like renting digital things or buying digital things still feels sort of weird to me. I've gotten used to it. But mm. so mm-hmm. I, I saw that it was like $11 for the Blu-ray on Amazon. I was like, well... Then I can watch it whenever like because we we planned this a while back. I was you, like, I don't you know. Bought when you bought the film.
2: You bought the film on blue. If there's a Blu-ray? There's a Blu-ray.
0: That's right. There's
1: a Blu-ray. Do you think like, the picture
2: quality is like so much better than what like I watched? Do you think you're better than uh, me? That's what I'm asking.
1: I do think I'm better than you because I watched <laughs> it on blu Ray. You absolutely
2: <laughs> should. You're right to do it.
1: <laughs> what a fucking
2: move. What wow. a fucking no move. one's wow. ever bought the movie like that for this
1: podcast? And was, on Blu-ray. It was, it was, I think it was four dollars to rent it or something, and it was eleven yeah, for the Blu-ray. So I just went big and went I went all in are there are
3: there any bonus materials on there is there any additional uh is Uh, there a director's comment i mean i think the director just selling this film so probably there's no director's commentary but are there anything extra
1: oh uh audio commentary by film historians alexandra heller nicholas and josh nelson and the theatrical trailer that's all you get okay all
2: right (laughs) we should enter a tontine right now (laughs) the last one of us alive gets the film (laughs) <laughs> it's the blu-ray i'm
0: going to oh, throw myself from a bridge
2: Do you not. gotta lock it up in a vault we all have a key and we gotta open it up together if it ever comes out and sees the light of day <laughs> that word. keeps World. it out of public consumption and makes it more interesting uh, I, I mean
1: i i was hopeful and it it fell apart fast <sighs>
2: oh. <laughs> when did it fall give me give me a
1: yeah when when a minute did it realize or, it was, or was there
2: an exact moment you were like what the fuck well,
1: why my favorite part of the whole movie start is is not the first scene because that's that long rapping with naomi campbell mm-hmm. amazing also amazing, naomi amazing. Campbell. <laughs> she's,
4: she's, the, film.
1: she's the very first person <laughs> in the whole movie it's just a flash of her <laughs> singing um very long song too, and five and a
3: half minutes. Five and a half minutes. Mm.
1: It's it's like three verses, and they're all different topics. Like one is like killing MCs. One is the hey, lady, step to me. Um, and I I had the subtitles on, and his rapping is so bad. He's basically, mm. he's not even a two bar person. He, like everything is like a bar the next part doesn't even really relate to it it's just line after line after line after line i'd never really comprehended how bad at rapping he was until i read it all but it's really bad like there's not even anything sort of like fun redeeming about it it's like um, someone told him like how rap worked Oh, and that and that's how it happened. And he made an approximation. Yeah. <laughs> approximation. Mm-hmm. The whole thing felt the the movie felt like people that didn't really know how to do things got to do it. Like the, well, no, there it is. I
2: was gonna say it's indicative <laughs> of the of the plot, it's indicative of the shots, it's indicative of the choices made, is that like it's sort of they've you can't blame AI. It's 1990, but this is what AI would spit out. If you went to an AI thing and said, <laughs> write me a film about Vanilla Ice being a Mac Daddy and riding around on motorcycles and cram a scene at the very beginning where you introduce the idea of Black people and then don't really deliver on it very much. Can you do that? I, and it I mean, would spit this out. It would absolutely spit this out. And then you'd be like, oh, give me a soundtrack. And it would spit
1: that out. There, There's not a whole lot about the entire movie that makes any sense. So no, no. Uh, but my favorite part so after the, yeah. the song my favorite part is it's nighttime they're they're riding their motorcycles in formation like they're the blue angels like they do the like four sideways and so it's nighttime but in a matter of like 30 seconds it turns to day while they're riding yes. so it it changes a variety of uh of tones but just in time when they get to the stables um it turns to completely day but my my favorite part is he says to his friend something like hey yo come here and he has Mm -hmm. the guy right up and they ride side by side and then he says nothing it's just a weird pause and then the and then the friend randomly says uh what did he say hey yo peep that out and he points at the girl riding the horse right and then then he does um it's
2: unhinged what happens no
3: please please
1: do it say it so he he accelerates and he jumps this the fence the horse fence with no (laughs) ramp anything he just launches in the air which Yeah. It's very much like another one of my favorites of this time, Gleaming the Cube. Mm, Oh, yeah, sure. At the end, he does the, he jumps like the LA River off of uh, one of the little freeway Mm divides. But so he jumped, but my, my favorite part about it is he jumps the fence and it's so loud. There's like a thunderous noise, there's engines revving, crashing sound and he knocks the horse over and yeah. knocks her off the horse and um he <laughs> he goes to see if she's okay and then she, and he says um he said damn what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> like he just jumped a fence knocked her off her horse and he's and, there, and and she's is, mad, mad
2: because it. he's getting tood
1: she, yeah, the, the
3: she punches him at, she punches him in the chest and he says that line God, off and and then anybody is sitting there thinking, going like, you could have crippled or killed this woman to be yes. thrown from yeah. a horse. She was that not shit, wearing
2: that shit. Crippled Superman.
3: Yeah. You know see, what I we mean? Were just about- regular high school student. Fucking no joke. We to- <laughs> we were we mentioned Christopher Reeve by name. Mm. In that moment, I was watching it with my wife mm-hmm. who had a lot of opinions about this movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'd love a
2: separate episode where she gives us the opinions.
3: I invited her <laughs> on like three times. <laughs> he is not doing this. Fair. Um, but it was extraordinary because I read an interview. Vanilla Ice did all his own motorcycle stunts in this movie. <laughs> Including jumping <laughs> that fence, how believable is that? Jump no. in the car. How... He claims, Vanilla Ice claims having been <laughs> a having been a motocross guy in terms of I guess. Oh amateur, yeah, I, get, like, I, get I get guy. Him being a motocross guy. That's his yeah. motorcycle. The motorcycle in that movie mm-hmm. is his motorcycle. All
2: right. The one that's worth more it. than the mechanic's house.
3: Yeah. Well. Yes. Exactly.
2: <laughs> that's all. That's like. I, ju- the, I choose. That's to pretty much all we fact. know about him. Is that his bike is I, really I nice. I just believe it. I, I feel like I do
0: remember something about dirt bikes and that, like, you know, I don't believe anything about him, but I believe that. He used to ride motorcycles. He had to do something.
3: Yeah. He obviously <laughs> wasn't in his room rapping all the time.
0: So <laughs> <has to laughs> ride motorcycles.
3: There's no book the of th- rhymes. He's out there on the bike.
1: The thing that I loved about the, the reason I mentioned the noise was because yeah. later in the movie, there's another jump. And it's silent. It's like it, it does a very smooth, gentle. He jumps with her later, like at the end of the movie. Over the and car, does, over,
3: over the jerk boyfriend's car.
1: <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, which would seem to be the noisy one of the two. But the, when he's jumping into the horse stable, it's the, the most disruptive entrance ever.
3: Yeah. <laughs> mm. But it's also it's like that, weird. That the sound dynamics are off. And that definitely speaks to sort of what's what's happening here. Like there's one more like jump, which happens when they crash through that habitat for humanity house. The two character actors have, have this kid in the house tied up. And then they say like, did you hear that? And there's nothing to be heard. There's no sound. Nothing. There's nothing here. Did you hear that? Hear what? <laughs> that. Did you hear that? And then suddenly a roar of motorcycle through house wall
2: after they made the point throughout the movie to show like how loud and obnoxious this motorcycle really is
3: well they shocked the neighborhood that's for sure yeah (laughs) golly I decided from the very beginning, after the five and a half minute montage, and they're driving on this main street, I'm like, oh, this is camp. This right. is camp. So suspend all your feelings about what a movie Absolutely. should and what people, and it what still, human it beings still sucks. Do.
2: But I, I did yeah. the same.
3: But right away, it's camp. Obviously, yeah. there are these connections to sort of the Elvis movies. He had a lot of Elvis comparisons, negatively, mostly over the years for basically appropriating mm. genre. But there are a lot of Elvis things, and they basically were like, well, if he's going to be compared to Elvis in this way, let's make some Elvis-type movie. And that's exactly what this is. His record label set up a movie company specifically to do this. (laughs) SBK put out their own uh, movie thing as a result of this, um, using his money and the money they were making off of Wilson Phillips. Uh, This ultimately is set up in such a way that then suddenly when you look at his camp, some of the choices start to make sense. But there is an underlying bit in here. So there's the Elvis movies, but there's also Marlon Brando's 1953 film, The Wild One, where he plays a character who leads an outlaw biker gang. His name is Johnny. Same as been Elias's character in this movie. And the object of his affection in the Marlon Brando film is a woman named Kathy. Huh. Same what? as in this one. So there was a so direct a by the set? screenwriter- is a satire, parody, homage, and that's why I say you have to go to the camp side of it because the choices. Well, like that's I, think- I mean that's
2: basically what defines a lot of bad movies is what the fuck is it? Is this yeah. supposed to do this? What is happening? Why are you making these choices? It doesn't really matter in the end because it was so bad. But viewing it as camp mm-hmm. helped me power through some really particularly rough times. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Because I there, I got to play and it, and I started to play a little game. We watch them twice, okay. so yes, that we do. like you know so we really are prepared. Yeah. The second time I played a little game called "How many fucking montages are there in this movie?" <laughs> I <laughs> wrote them question. all down, and I want you guys to guess how many <laughs> montages there were in this film.
3: All right, are we distinguishing between montages <laughs> and music videos?
2: If there is a is a, a bunch of silent shots of people with music on top i counted it as a montage okay. because they passed time each of them they were important to the passage of time
3: okay because i i i counted four music <laughs> videos but that includes the r&b one uh that they do he doesn't actually 100 a montage that's a montage i think oh, we yeah. can agree on that one so i'm going to say there are six montages that is my six. guess of okay. the number of montages but guys any guys want to make a, over a under, guess? any guesses on that
1: i'm gonna guess like 43 (laughs) 43
3: i love it the whole thing's basically just a montage price is right rules okay here we go Dave, what do you think somewhere between six and
0: 43 let's go with a nine
2: okay it's eight you guys it's eight yeah now come on down hard pressed even in the worst action movies to find more than two this thing had eight montages one involved a pickle peanut butter, mustard, sardine, pineapple sandwich. Yes. Yep. Made over the course of other, like other, what are other people doing? They're dancing, they're riding yeah. in cars. This guy's making a sandwich. One person grabs a thing of salt and it turns out the thing of salt, because of the perspective of the camera, was very large. We don't, <laughs> we don't, I don't really know why that happened. But princess, happened.
3: princess in the crew. That was right. Her, she discovered that.
2: The second uh, was the most bizarre one by far where the family moves in fast motion before sitting oh, down so. to watch a television show just for never brought up again we never see fast motion again and he just like they keep like remixing him like folding the paper being, Michael whoa, Gross whoa, whoa, folding whoa, paper whoa, whoa, like whoa he reads the paper
1: <laughs> that's
2: extreme.
1: <laughs> it it made me think of i mean the whole movie feels like weird commercials in a sense Mm, like i I mean the guy who direct i looked it up the guy who directed it is mostly known for commercials commercials Mm -hmm. and and playboy yes (laughs) and he married a playboy playmate 1976 april 1976 that's like he's yeah he did like all these playboy videos and lots of commercials um uh, but yeah. that that weird family scene reminded me of like um i can't i can't think of exactly like basically it looked like
2: nickelodeon for like two minutes. yeah like
1: the nickelodeon that yeah. whatchamacallit, those weird type of like fast edit like yeah. zany zany look crazy like they were like hey we got it. we got to put that in there um, it seemed like everyone had an opportunity to get an idea in and mm. if you pitched it in time, they put it in.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like how their writers room worked. It was like, all right, everybody got to certain an idea. It wasn't like finding the best idea. It was just like, all right, what's your idea? And then people pitched it and were like, all right, that, that's a part. <laughs> that's something that can happen. No, the montage guy one guy just said montage every time
2: every time he's like well you know what you could do here i know we've got to get to the next day you montage it yeah <laughs> cut and there, print
3: there's something about like when you look at his experience prior to it he did music videos for you know en vogue expose quincy jones david crosby like he was not prepared for something like this and then of course like things like playboy went wild and all the stuff that used to be on the playboy channel like that kind of stuff got repackaged for home video as well but like this was what he was in so when he's presented with this it's mm. like there's a reason why this is uh only one of two feature films this this uh, director david kellogg ever did um the other one being 1999's inspector gadget yeah which mm. uh i i think we all at that point would have known better than to see that one uh, by 1990. <laughs> yeah, and that, never caught it. That puts us all in the college age zone, I think, release least around there. I think we all can kind of safely say uh, that was not something we were clamoring to see, uh, even though I loved Inspector Gadget the cartoon as a kid. But I think mm-hmm. he was restricted yeah. from, he could not put anything racy, truly racy into the film from his Playboy experience. He couldn't translate those skills into this because this is meant to be a film that was for families. You know, the presence right. of, the, of the younger brother is the surrogate for the nine-year-old, 10-year-old who's going to go see this movie. Theoretically, they did not, but yeah. for those who would. And then the older sister is the love interest to get the kind of older teens enjoying it. But the, the truth is, is this this man did not have like a pool with which of, of skills no. to work with narratively. He just knew how to make music videos, which is why there are four music videos in this. Now, you said there were eight montages you counted. Yeah. The four music videos take mm-hmm. up, literally, they take up of this 91 minute movie, 15 minutes are the music mm. videos. So one, you're ready, you're down quarter. to so you're down to 75 minutes of movie, which includes the credits. And and in that and eight montages in that. It kind of right. felt
1: like like I wanna say most of his lines are cut. Like he couldn't do a long scene. It was no. mostly just delivered and then it's cut and then it's so it felt like there was a lot of piecing of things together. And then mm. it's funny that you say you brought it down to there wasn't much meat to the movie. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was so weird about it, which which I guess is part of the montages, is it was like really stretched out, it wasn't tight in any no. way, like it. There's something strange about the sound design. Like it would just go with like nothing, and then they'd randomly put in like a, a funky, and yes. like it would just go to something else. It, it those seemed, are montages. <laughs> it,
0: <laughs> I counted it, them. I don't
1: care. <laughs> it just seemed like whoever did the sound editing that it was like the first time they'd done it. Like they didn't sure. have any any sense of pacing.
3: And you know what? You are correct. The editor, this was their first <laughs> yes. feature. This was their first feature. The editor's first feature. Um, as I as can't imagine editor. what
2: they were handed beforehand.
3: Yeah. Well, she was assistant editor on other things, but this was her first uh, as a feature. I give more credit to the kind of um, the art director and the costume designer um, and sort of like the, uh, the, well, the production design. I, I, I give a lot of credit to those folks because they basically built this sort of like strange world, a Pee Wee Herman-esque house with wacky Mm. things happening, characters who are wearing clothes that reflect the exact type of person they're supposed to be the jerky boyfriend is dressed like a jerky boyfriend Mm -hmm, fucking mm -hmm. members only shit you've got michael gross dresses exactly like you think the dad for family ties is going to be dressed in Mm -hmm, for this mm -hmm. vanilla ice is wearing a lot of stosi backwards uh in the scene where he has the eight ball shirt that's actually him wearing that t-shirt backwards Hmm. uh with his with these uh black and white striped shortalls uh you know for the um (laughs) again there's some quite a bit of montage in that but like that was something that he um he he chose. Those are some choices that he made. But I think a lot of credit goes to you know the outfits and the design of this thing. People got to make a fun thing, and I do want to point out an interesting fun fact. As I Gary, again, did you I, like I, this movie? I, oh, I am fascinated by this movie. But like is a different situation. Okay. So you have the costume designer Ingrid Ferron.
2: See, it starts with fascination.
3: There's two other it films that she did into after problematic this. areas like liking it. There's two other films that this uh, this designer did after this of note. It helps this movie make more sense to me. One is animations. One is Batman Forever. Oh yeah. And yeah. the other is oh wow Batman and Robin. Mm. Mm. So when you see how Vanilla Ice is dressed, how these other characters dress, it's like you can absolutely see Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face. Mm-hmm. You can a hundred percent see Jim Carrey as the Riddler. This was all in the mind of this person. Again, camp. The Schumacher movies are camp. So I think that there's, I want to give a certain amount, even though there's a lot to shit on, and I think we're really going to get into it in a second. I want to give credit to the costume designer because I think they really, and the production people, I think they really did working with this, what little material they had. They still built something that was meant to reflect something fun. And unlike most movies
2: of this caliber of, of bad, there, there was a plot. An advanced plot, advanced a pair of them, and it and it intertwined with another plot. Was it well done? Absolutely not. But two plots in one film, an A and B plot in this film. Yeah, hmm. that's wild. That's wild for a terrible movie. Usually, there's there's just one plot.
1: What what are the two the two plots that the the love
2: story the pair... versus the oh, okay versus the shakedowns the shakedowns the shake-down. shaking yeah. them down yeah
1: the police informant. Can yeah.
2: I okay, if this is if this is at all an indication of the system at work when you get witness protection, never. I'm never I'm never going to witness protection.
1: Yeah, there wasn't any substance to it really. Witness protection is one of those things kind of like quicksand and stuff that really is supposed to happen a lot more in life.
4: Mm.
0: According, according according to all the media that I concerned. Sure. you know, witness protection. I mean half my friends must be witness protection sure. at <laughs> From the numbers 100
3: yeah we have to know some people who are in it but the, the craziest thing about that too is just like they let him go where,
2: on national tv no they were just he like, chose no,
3: he chose to go on national tv and he tried to cover his face with his fingers enough that maybe he wouldn't recognize he's the dad from <laughs> family ties of course we we're are gonna, gonna recognize him. you we know we're who gonna you recognize are, you. sir you're Mallory's dad. <laughs> So yeah, witness protection is bullshit. There are two plots in this. They do intertwine. Moving allies gets mistaken for being connected with the corrupt cops.
2: There's nuance to this plot. There's not a lot of it, but there's a little bit of nuance to this plot.
3: He also has a fight scene, which I think maybe, Jeff, you described it as the slowest fight scene. Slowest fight scene I've
2: ever seen in my life. And I watched Rene Russo in a Lethal Weapon movie. Ooh, that's pretty slow. You know what I mean? They were just slow motion (laughs) dancing together.
3: With the bikers, right? With a bike the, with their bi- yeah, It was like bikes an ultra local the,
2: wrestling match
3: outside the Sugar Shack.
2: The Sugar Shack,
3: baby. Where is this place? What town is this? What state are we in? Where Where is this?
1: Yeah, what planet are we in? I would guess somewhere in LA, like a valley type place. Huh. I, know,
2: I, I was stumped. No accents, no, no. tip offs whatsoever. I mean, they, okay. picked, they picked the most like weirdly maudlin places where you can't tell like they had shenanigans in construction zones yeah there's no way to know where that yeah. is it could literally be anywhere
3: can i have the flip side of this question uh where were ice and his crew from and where were they going
1: yeah i'm i'm gonna consult the the blu-ray okay <laughs> it okay. says <laughs> uh johnny is a freewheeling motorcycle riding musician who rolls into a small town with his band so, so
3: wow. Okay. So we're actually, that music video at the beginning is a
1: performance with his band. That's what it was. Yeah. Cause, and you know what the, <laughs> his friend mm. says he's talking to that other girl who I think is like some eighties model. Uh, I don't, there was Naomi yeah. Campbell. And then the blonde person, the woman who played Monique. Yeah. Cause Mon- he's Monique, like, you get getting, getting Monique her, the freak. he's getting her phone number and his bandmate says, uh, he said something like, "Man, we already got paid, and you over t- here talking to babes. <laughs> like, like Let we me, got paid. Why are you talking to girls?"
2: I just want to jump in here and make sure that everyone knows that I am pro Monique.
3: Yeah, pro So her name is Bobby Brown, and yes, she was a right. model and actress, very much of that moment. Yeah, her real name is Bobby Brown. Oh, I, well, oh, I don't know if it's her actual name. Yeah. It is her, at least her stage well, name.
0: Sure, the name she was going by
3: yeah she was bobby going by Beer. bobby brown yeah which you know that's quite a choice at that time to choose to be most the... of my life i've only ever heard of one bobby brown
0: now yeah we
3: got three. there's there are some extras we're learning a lot this is a learning episode <laughs> Boy, um <laughs> it's a lot i that. am pro
2: monique and i think that she was treated poorly by those in conversation outside of her purview that's all i'm gonna say <clears throat> i guess i Can missed I? that
3: part <laughs> the guys didn't want, were trying to get her, get him out of the club in the beginning when she was right. giving him the, the number. And then Kathy was obsessed with this Monique. She found the number
2: on him from uh, a time that he didn't even know she existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and was and like It was, was like, oh, Monique. Like, yeah, Monique, doc. Monique the Freak.
3: When the fuck did Vanilla Ice become Detective Columbo when he <laughs> listens to the cassette tape
4: and identifies oh. the sound <sighs> of
3: the construction site? When did this bonehead... a construction site was abandoned, bonehead, abandoned.
2: Abandoned at the time they were in it. So there's no way there was anybody working on it.
3: Recognized a sound of a piston and said, I know where they are. What? Who... Can anybody explain to me how that how that suddenly becomes part of his character, his ability to identify construction noises.
1: I mean, I think you're asking too much for it to make sense. I am. I of am. Of course you are.
3: <laughs> this is, again, we're looking at like <clears throat> 75 minutes of actual movie, which includes montages. So if you cut out, the, put those eight, we're probably looking at a tight 55. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, so if that's the case, then suddenly he is the leap to this. This is He is the thing that's going to help us discover where this kid is and save the day. But at this point, it's just gotten so far in. There's also these weird things that happen where he is, um, for lack of a better term, creepy, breaking Mm -hmm. into the house multiple times. um, I don't know too many people
2: that like woke up next to somebody they didn't invite into their house. And was like, oh, it's you. Oh, excited. No, no,
3: no, 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 Jeff. No, 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 Jeff. Not just uh, woke up next to, but was fed an ice cube mm-hmm. into their mm-hmm. mouth while they were sleeping. You think they was a vanilla up. ice cube? It was an ice cube from vanilla ice, yes, that he puts into her mouth. And when she turns and sees that he's in her room, she is not completely horrified that this stranger has entered her bedroom And is putting things in her mouth. The
2: Daven family ties had a point. She was being cavalier about that stranger. I don't care how well it turned out.
3: Those parents were the worst parents I've ever seen in a movie. No. They were. They they completely blew past the 24 hour deadline to get the money together. Like they just ignored it. And then they're not keeping tabs on either of their children. Who are Mm. in fucking danger. Repeatedly. All they can do is chastise them, and then no wonder. And then the sister, who went to go pick up her little brother from Little League, but he wasn't there. That was, and now she knows that there are like bad dudes who are coming after them. She doesn't register. Maybe one of these bad dudes took took my brother,
2: or She's maybe too Someone should have been at the soccer practice to watch the kid. Just go to fucking the Little League and in the middle of a crisis. In the middle of a crisis,
0: there are other adults are around at soccer practice. You know, you can't. Fair it's just practice it's not a game I practice. Sure. We're so practice.
3: talking about practice what are we talking yeah. about practice
2: what are we talking about here?
0: we're not' talking about the game that they give their whole heart and soul to about?
2: about vanilla yeah. ice not rap, which I love, which I gave my life for I bleed for Come on I think ice. his
1: his whole his whole approach was aggressive like he jumped the fence, knocked off the horse like mm. she sh- she should hate him but she sees him again later and is sort of like charmed by him and it's like no in reality she'd be like that guy almost killed me just this random stranger almost killed me but he, she's just in- yeah. instantly wowed by him
2: suffice it to say he
1: tried it in a small town he did try it in a small town he
2: was right. violent for a small town life <laughs> he was wilding. <violent. laughs>
4: oh my god
1: yeah and we haven't even discussed the uh the mechanics and how the guy's bike just randomly stops they find some people who have as you said like a Wee herman house and yeah. they take take the bike apart completely and then they spend like a week or so living with them and aren't they don't seem bothered by it that's when they start making the the sandwiches with the pickles and the yeah. they're having a great time.
3: Yeah. That's actually I as I and I, I sadly have spent too much time thinking about that particular point. Uh Roscoe and May's hospitality. That is another callback to the wild one, the Marlon Brando movie. It is another huh. example of, of how the bikers were compelled by I think it was an injury uh, of one of the people in their crew to stay in town uh, until someone uh, recovered uh, from an injury and got into all sorts of antics and shenanigans and uh, misdeeds as a result. So this is another direct thing from it. And this is where I think it's probably a good time to identify the, the writer of this film. Because Vanilla Ice, um, he wrote those raps probably, but he did not write this movie. You know, very sure. clear about that. <laughs> sure. This was written by a gentleman named David Sten. And uh, longtime listeners of this podcast will not be surprised to learn that this was Sten's first movie screenwriting credit. Having previously written for TV shows like 21 Jump Street and Beverly Hills 90210. And when you think about it in the context of the absurdities that happened on those programs... This movie starts to make a bit more sense that this Mm. is like a version of that in terms of the choices that are made and the way people behave and the way characters do things that don't make sense and convenient things happen that help us get to a happy resolution. This is somebody who learned to do this in, you know, an hour long TV format setup.
2: Dave, what's your favorite part of this movie?
3: (laughs) Favorite it, 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 was that 404
2: error I just saw? <laughs> <It's like, laughs> ah, Data not found. Apple pinwheels. <laughs> that's really just not there. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> me? There's this really crazy scene where all these words are going from the bottom to the top of the screen. <laughs> Love
2: that. <laughs> oh, there's a
0: lot of words in there. <laughs>
3: uh, I think my favorite words in that. Um, my favorite words are You're not like, gonna you're
2: steal it. this from me. You're gonna do it, <laughs> are you?
3: I would, oh you want to do it you could do it well Let's there's it.
2: two things i love about the credits one <laughs> one says additional mixing effects and design by your mother makes beats incorporated <laughs> that's that's a credit in the movie that's oh, true wow and then you can do the other big one that's fine. oh thank you thank
3: you Please. thank you that. I don't want there to is speak. a line um that says be cool stay in school and only one of that, those though. words and only one of those words is spelled correctly The B is the letter B. Cool is with a K. Stay is spelled correctly. In is spelled N. And school, S-K-O-O-L. Be cool. Stay in school. At the end of the credits, right
2: before they're like, thank you to the like whoever the Toronto. (laughs) No animals were hard. hard. No. No, Yeah, no animals. And then they were like, that's it. Good night, everybody. It's no, no, there's not a good night. See everybody.
3: It. No, no, good night, everybody. No, then there's that one flash at the very end. There's did you a guys watch, flash of
2: Vanilla did you, Ice.
3: Did you watch you at the very end? Did no. you see the post credit scene? No. You know, I thought with your love of the credits scene, uh, Dave, that you have gotten through <laughs> I, the very end of it.
4: I, I didn't
0: realize this was part of
3: the MCU. <laughs> there is. It is. It takes about three seconds, and it is simply Vanilla Ice on the motorcycle with Kathy behind him doing the. Richard Nixon double finger sign. I am not a crook. Move it lasts 1.5 seconds and is done. That is the end of the film. (laughs) There's no reveal, there's no Thanos, there's no Kang the Conqueror. It is simply vanilla ice doing a Richard Nixon impression.
1: He probably just loved loved it. Like, just put it in there somewhere.
2: We just hadn't had enough vanilla ice yet.
1: I All mean, right. The funny thing we had, like, and they had to give us
2: one little, like, just give him one more taste, baby. The be taste, back. Of, taste be back. of that
1: ice cube, little ice cube in our mouth. Just a little. There you I go, feel, little, I sure. feel like in some, in like an alternate universe, he could be an entertainer. Like he could dance. I, I mean, I couldn't dance like that. Like he can dance, and he was kind of like he had little moments where he could have been funny. He's just so corny and like <laughs> yeah. um almost like un unaware of himself like he doesn't really seem like he has a true self nor does it through. seem like
2: he wants to be
1: there yeah there's just something, right but but there were moments where i was like if if all of the stuff leading up to it like he could have maybe been funny in some capacity, or the dancing. There's something where it's like, this guy's not like the absolute worst at like every possible thing. Um, Do you think they like,
2: vanilla ice? you still love it? <laughs> That's, what it is. <laughs>
0: That's what I'm hearing.
1: That's real. Yeah, you watched the movie and I you said yourself, to yourself, find... I really like that. That might be real. I was trying to find something redeeming in the movie because I did, like I said, I went into it thinking like oh maybe this will like be kind of fun to watch and it it felt more like a chore like 20 minutes into it it was like oh this is gonna be tough yeah. um, and it it mm. never it never got like a smooth pace or anything it just yeah. it was clunking along
2: at one point there's a montage in a construction site one i called uh uh construction madness let's call it uh-huh. Okay. Uh,
3: sure, sure. Why not? Because they
2: had as much fun as you could have at a construction site together with a stranger. Just what a delight it seemed uh, like. Yeah. And then they spoke to each other for what could have been a minute. I guess it's possible yeah. they made it to sixty seconds. I don't think they uh, did. No. And then they smash cut to another montage,
3: which is the next music video. The which the is RRB the music, music video
2: of them sort of falling in love and Frolicking. him. Frolicking and him delivering what has to be described as the worst love song rap I've ever heard. That song is an unmitigated disaster. Sound, delivery, words, all of it was just truly atrocious.
3: Vanilla Ice actually kind of in in a in a recent interview, I think 2021. Uh, with Yahoo Entertainment, uh, sort of disowned that song particularly. Um, Kings, Yahoo Entertainment. Basically to say that it was sort of like, well, this is what the person at the label wanted a song like this from him because it could appe- it would be right for this scene and this type of thing in the film. And so they basically, he felt like he'd kind of been compelled into doing that, but that was not his style or his approach. And you could hear it on the That track, doesn't you know,
2: change the fact that it sucks and I had to hear it. You did. you did have to hear but twice cute. two times I had to hear it it does show up in the credits again doesn't it four times I had to hear him do that like <laughs> weird cover that the band at the Sugar Shack was playing mm. thank you for letting me like where they just took that that beautiful oh, yeah. song and that beautiful riff and absolutely mangled it two different times in the Instead film and of- then gave it to us in the credits too
3: yeah. I mean, look, we we this this movie is a giver, that's for sure. Uh it gives and gives. <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out something, um, just because uh <laughs> you're talking you mentioned that this that you saw him sort of like as he could be an entertainer. And I wanna put just some highlights of the things uh that happened after this film. Uh kind of get us uh of the, the present. He was an entertainer, that's all he's got yeah. to claim to
0: he has yeah
3: he has continued what? down that path
2: mm, he has
0: uh,
3: I want to point out how he finished uh 1991. he appeared on Circus of the Stars and Sideshow if okay. you guys remember that TV uh what did do? Yeah. no he drove his motorcycle, his motorcycle through a through a wall of fire okay
1: um, nice
3: um <laughs> he he tried a few different things musically uh in the intervening years, including uh going Rasta uh he basically said he yeah, sort of identified with end. the rasta lifestyle and had dreadlocks he should have
0: called himself evil van winkle that would have been a good turn for him
3: he could have he then <laughs> really? tried the he tried Vanilla the new winkle? metal route he did the new metal route uh he did put out a new metal record i think he actually Ooh, has, Robinson. Have, has any of
2: us ever heard that thing
3: yes because we're friends nah. with a certain person who is a new metal genius i have listened to it um uh, this and so you, and so we've all heard. uh have we, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there is a, a new metal version of "Ice Ice Baby," a rap metal version oh. of that song. Didn't
1: know. Yeah. I think I've, I think I've heard that, but probably in like a, a clip, clip show.
3: It's more of a collaboration than the original. I could say that. They did stop collaborate, and I listened. Is, that, is it like? <laughs> is it like the Alien Ant Farm, uh, Smooth Criminal type? It's more like a Limp biscuit Sort of approach, like a little shoutier. Um, he would. He uh, was a shouter
2: in that band.
3: Yeah, yeah. he shouted a lot. And it's, he
2: then. It's not very becoming.
3: He then started doing things like um, moving sort of into the uh, the TV realm. Uh, he did celebrity boxing. Have you remember time, celebrity boxing? I
2: remember this. I saw this.
3: He boxed. <laughs> uh, he boxed uh, Todd Bridges uh, from Different yeah. Strokes. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a
2: demons fight. Who won? Nobody. I don't think anybody really won. If we really <laughs> no, think <about> but, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I remember it being a thing where Bridges was just, like, relentless.
3: Yeah, Bridges... I'd have I to go Bridges, back and
2: watch it again. It was a long time ago.
3: He was hungry
0: at that time. I, I, I hope Bridges won. Yeah. To... Real. He'd been distressed longer. Vanilla
3: Ice I also did uh, a half dozen episodes of Hollywood Squares. It was still on at that point. He prominently... Features no. as one of the cast it's members. It's like 95 or something? Where are we? Then? They've had, re- well, they had reboots of it. They've had reboots. Of it. I'm talking this is over the years. This is now uh, we're getting to
2: the Oh, sure. The reboot. Michael.
3: So we move into the 2000s and yeah. we get uh, The Surreal Life. I don't know if you remember the, uh, the reality TV show where they put a bunch yep. of random C-listers yeah. into a house. He was okay. on season yep. two of The Surreal Life. Do you remember uh, any people he was in the house with?
0: Not even season one. Always a bad thing. Never. Man, it, you'd be hard uh,
2: pressed to find me watching that back in the day. Wasn't he? Uh, was it Vern,
3: Vern, Vern Troyer. Uh, no, he's not on that season. But that's a very, that's a very good guess. <laughs> that's very good excellent guess. <laughs> so wow. that's a very good guess. I
1: know he, I know he was on that.
3: Yes, I watched. Uh, I watched Kathy Griffin in there. I know. I watched that. Dick-
1: uh, Janice Dick- uh, again,
3: Dickinson. Not the, that that season, but another very uh, good guess. Man. Excellent guess. These are good guesses. I will give you three of the of his uh, fellow housemates on the Surreal Life season two.
2: Anything to not talk about the movie anymore. <laughs> Anything. We don't want Ron- a park company just yet.
3: <laughs> Ron, Jeremy, oh. oh, Eric Estrada, oh wow, and Tammy Faye Baker. Oh wow, Man. what a what a house. Tammy Faye Baker.
0: Was oh, she religious? <laughs> she was religious, right?
3: She, it, she she was, was a, a religious uh, grifter, and then yeah. was on this
2: show, high celebrity status. Like, uh, I mean, they were all TV good. TV preacher wife.
0: Yeah, musical grifter, sexual grifter, religious yeah. grifter. They're, none of these people earned
3: United under <laughs> one united roof. front. <laughs> the surreal life season two. I'm sure that's on, I'm sure that's on DVD somewhere. <laughs>
2: Better be Blu-ray or it's not in the Tontine. Yeah, it's got to be top quality or or it's no deal.
3: (laughs) The last thing I want to point out about the kind of where we get to Vanilla Ice since that obviously he parlayed his reality appearances into a series of of shows and spin-offs and things where he does kind of real estate work, which became like his main main gig was Mm. contracting. So he's actually had some success sort of in that um you know in that world of television. But he didn't stop doing movies altogether. There was about, um, it was more than a decade before he would be in another movie. I should point that out. Uh, He had a cameo in 2002's uh, The New Guy, uh, which starred DJ Qualls, uh, you might recall. Sort of a National Lampoon type thing. Um, No, I don't recall that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll have to do that on Bad Movie Battle, part Uh, But Oh, don't do this to me. In the 2010s, he had roles in Insane Clown Posse's Big Money Rustlers. We gotta see that. That's the Western, that's the Western Insane Clown Posse movie. Uh Insane Clown Posse movie. I think I started to lose. watch
2: that once, and and literally like two minutes in, I was like, What am I what am I doing? No one is watching me. I can do whatever I want, and this is what I've
3: chosen. And I turned it <laughs> off. He's also in a number of Adam Sandler Happy Madison films including hmm. he there's plays he oh yeah there's multiple he plays himself in That's My Boy he plays he's in the Ridiculous Six which was I think uh Sandler's first Netflix movie um where he plays oh uh, Happy um, Madison I mean, is the company okay Happy Madison the oh my company, God. Yeah.
0: I was like there's Happy Gilmore like sequels I don't know about that, but...
3: no they basically combined those two <laughs> and that's the name of the production company yeah, yeah. yeah. Billy so Madison, all those Adam Sandler Mad- David Spade Kevin James things, all those kind of movies kind of threw under that umbrella um, this he, how much does this does this please or displease you?
2: That's like your favorite series of movies of all time. Do you know to who realize plays? that they're employing this act?
3: Jeff, do you know who he plays in the Ridiculous Six? Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> he plays Mark Twain. I Vanilla Ice plays dog. Mark Twain. I hate everything.
0: Vanilla Ice <laughs> plays Mark Twain. Yeah.
3: He's also in a couple other, uh, two, two, two others of these. And then he's got a movie coming out this year. Uh, you can see him starring at some point Which this year, year in a movie, 2023. Uh, and the movie is called Zombie Plane, uh, where he is in it. And I think he is opposite um, an Australian music competition uh, winner uh, who is, is doing some acting as well. So hmm. there where is, is that, a- where is that coming? It hasn't come yet, I'm but good. it is. I'm sure it'll be on digital soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> the disbelief. So he has continued to have a career in entertainment. Maybe not as as high of heights as he had in 1990, and then for a brief period of time in 1991 before this movie came out. But uh, he has continued to entertain.
1: It's pretty amazing. That. So, like, basically one song. We we could all agree one song kinda yeah hit bigger than so one song has given him so many <laughs> so many platforms. Very he exciting. did Rasta. He did uh yep. the the rap rock thing. Yeah. He's done reality TV. Yeah. Uh actual other films. Yeah. Uh, we could all only be so lucky to to keep getting yeah. all the gigs. Like he's got something. Why, why do I don't know? Is it is it all bad penny on, syndrome, man? Like people, I mean, it's like it's funny to put him in something. Is that what it is? I think that might be. I it. don't know.
0: That's not funny to me. But I guess people <laughs> laugh, about but you know it.
1: I'm it makes you.
0: sense though. it took from what, like 1991. So yeah, when was it? 99, 2000, before white people were allowed to rap again? Because of Correct.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's actually that's interviews it. with Eminem. There's interviews with Eminem where he said basically like Vanilla Ice like set me back as someone who was white who wanted to be a rapper.
2: I think he did yeah. okay. <laughs> also, no, it, <laughs> look, <sure. laughs> obviously. I don't know, you I mean, know, but, uh, I'm not a huge fan, that's, but no, you got right. to relate, though. that's him <laughs>
0: That's but a good thing. I mean, you
2: know. Oh no, he you wasn't a, a millionaire by like thirteen. Damn. Eminem was doing some That's quality
0: terrible. rapping before my name is. Um, yeah, sound that sound bombing just, that sound
3: bombing appearance like, is, is still infant. one of the best things. Yeah,
0: no question. And like no, it, just, it was just like no, nobody like it, we refused to even. It was like no way until Dr. Dre was like, "Hey guys, this guy's you. Yeah. and then everyone's like, "All right." <laughs>
3: You needed to be backed by somebody credible. It couldn't just be some record label saying, "No, oh, no, this one's good." No, obviously now it's a free for all, but it was at that time. Yes, it was. It did set back that aspect, which, of course, I think we can all say is probably given the the rap music we did end up getting in the nineteen nineties, not the worst thing.
4: Hmm.
3: Yeah. Not the worst thing to let some other artists have some some success uh, in that period that were not. Uh, vanilla ice he's
0: still (laughs) he's still eaten off of
3: a mediocre song from
0: 1990 i mean it's a lot worse than i thought it was but i
1: didn't i think i think he may have lost all of the the rights to that song from the sample and then whatever that weird suge knight thing where he was held upside down off the balcony. I'm pretty that sure it That was Vanilla he... Ice
2: that got held upside down off the balcony.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. I think something like... like I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like he lost most of the income off of the song. I think he had to sign over some level of his...
3: Uh, he'd been uh, coerced, let's say, into uh, right. signing over some rights. And apparently that was money that uh, Death Row did use uh, towards its own means as a result. Which again, I mean, like if you want to talk about reparations, I mean, not the, hmm. not the worst situation in terms of that, <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, but I, now I think
0: Sigmatic's in jail, and then I got another movie coming out. So exactly,
3: yeah. <laughs> but no, I then I think actually you're bringing up an interesting point, Dave, because I, I think the, the the idea is we've just got through this, like we, we're recording this like a few days after the big date, the you know August 11th 50th anniversary of hip hop, the DJ cohort party. And a lot of these artists who, you know, are coming up both in terms of uh, appearing at these events or being interviewed about it in various media platforms, there's a lot of people who haven't had careers in music after this. A lot of, you know, Black and Latino artists in particular who have not had careers. And we've just talked through, I didn't even talk about everything, but I gave a highlight reel of a man who, while continue he was clowns, continued to be given opportunities even they may not have been the most glamorous of opportunities. You know, reality TV was not, you know, the People most glamorous. People would kill to
2: be in Sandler stuff. But now it's you're like- immediately well, in canon if you end up in Sandler stuff.
3: You're in four, say, Adam Sandler movies, not his best movies, but in four of them. Like, I mean- Four. I mean, think about that. We're doing a whole, this whole season we've been doing has been movies where rappers are either in front of or behind the camera. And Vanilla Ice may have among the highest number of credits in front of the camera when you factor in television. Not in television- other than like film, Ice Cube or Ice G or, you know. This yeah. film
2: is the most of a rapper that we've seen on screen for any of these films. That's this true. was all ice. Like, very Still. rarely was there like, oh, the mother and the father and the daughter have like a 30 second conversation to wrap up 40 years of yeah brutal suppressed history. Don't give them 35 seconds. We got to get back. To the fucking matter at hand, which is where's Pucci dancing. exactly? They where's Pucci? It and he's like in a montage dancing in front of a mechanic's house because, like, don't forget, <laughs> don't forget, this movie's not about this like semi interesting subplot that is like deep and
1: weird. Yeah, it's not about that.
2: No, they kidnap a child. <laughs> a child is kidnapped. it's just like oh man what's vanilla ice gonna do to solve this this kidnapping (laughs) detective fucking colombo becomes a detective and a super cop he like ties them to the hood of the car loosely and drives them through downtown (laughs) to where the cops are yes because they just know
1: yeah (laughs) and they didn't even seem that mad about it no, they were, no. They they were just kind well. of going along. Yeah, they took it very. It well. took it
2: pretty well. You had some explosions, <laughs> and this is the next Fast and Furious movie, basically. And I love those films. You do love those <laughs> the,
1: movies. This it it's funny you say that because this plays almost like that type. Well, not like that type of movie, but like if you you know if you watch a horror movie clip minus the music, mm-hmm. it feels. This movie feels like that. Like it's missing elements. Like it just plays so weird and slow. Um, and then transition. I guess it was the montages. It just transitions, like they didn't know what to do, so they had to glue it together with something. Well, okay, the
2: the epilogue to the film, and then we're we'll probably gonna cut it, right? We got we gotta have to stop. We gotta get out of here. Stop.
3: We're abusing ourselves at this point. The
2: fucking the. <laughs> The beginning and the end of the movie, like the epilogue of this film, is them becoming successful as performers because they have a bigger crowd now. Yeah. And like he's writing about basically what has happened in the film. He does like a recap, Mm -hmm. which normally would Mm -hmm. just be a song under credits. What's that? Black Dot does like Black Dot does for movie soundtracks you remember
0: that, remember that right that yes was just like a or like will smith does or the hurricane he did that song for the hurricane movies like, yeah yeah that common? i don't know no Are yeah you, no no
2: i'm with you i know it's it's a thing it's a thing and like a lot of 80s movies have it Where like all the way up to fletch there would be songs about the film used in the film's
3: context yeah
2: and it was yeah. really a bizarre thing.
3: My favorite version of that is when they do it in the opening credits of a film, and they basically tell you the entire story in yes. song. Yes. Those are awesome. <laughs> Those are awesome. Oh, man. They're part of the
2: plot. Like, everybody's in on the gag. You know,
0: you know who did a much better job of this whole thing? Bobby Brown with the Ghostbusters shit. Like, the yeah. He did for that Ghostbusters movie, and he's talking about the master of evil. Like, he, he tells us everything that's happening, and I love it. I still listen to that and dance along to this day. And that's what Vanilla Ice wanted to do. He didn't pull it off. He
3: didn't. <laughs> well, there's, there's, he did pull it off. Bobby Brown there, got a bigger
2: stage, less of Bobby Brown in it, but he got a bigger stage.
3: I'll tell you this: I, I probably remember most of the words to Bobby Brown's "Take Control," and I know none of the words to any of the songs performed by Vanilla Ice in this movie.
2: Yeah. Nor yeah. will I ever yeah. hear them
3: again. I hope, God yeah. willing. Uh,
0: one, one I listen, other. I listened uh, listen to the full Bobby Brown album too.
1: Yeah. Or the lyrics. oh many times yes there were all these scenes of uh the DJ scratching like there there <laughs> don't don't quote me I don't think there really? was a single scratch in like in any of the songs no no I mean There's there no were scratching. there were but not in conjunction to the visual right correct exactly. he was he was aggressively scratching in songs <laughs> that had no scratch related element to it
3: there are more credible scratches in ninja rap
1: <laughs> go ninja go ninja go Oh, that was be- before
0: one more yes. thing about that ninja rap uh like that venom movie the first venom movie which mm-hmm. i hated and then they were like coming out with a second one i'm like i doubt i want to see this and i was watching the trailer and it was like a scene of venom rapping with neon on him and i'm like this is ninja rap again and i've never yeah. seen it so i don't know how much it holds true but ugh, wow <laughs>
3: It's a lot to unpack um any final words on cool as ice from our guests
2: uh yes uh from our from
3: our from our guests sir they,
2: okay, this is short. I do have a note that says these fish <laughs> need some rocks and a castle girl damn. I did write that down. okay <laughs> hey, it was weird you know, to just see a fucking bowl full of fish with no, like nothing to do get these like get them a little castle. What the? I fuck? agree with that. You know what?
0: I want to go back and change my answer. That's my favorite part of the movie because I agree with that. Some people got <laughs>
2: real little small ass.
0: to give these fish, something else, man. The what fish, the fuck? You know, They're like, how have they not
2: started them. attacking one another? Hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you know that movie did hold some truth there because people keep their fish in way too small containers, and I like to think that Vanilla Ice that was his that's what he was fighting against. I hope so.
3: Jeff, there are so many fun facts and interesting tidbits about this movie, Cool as Ice, uh-huh. um, that this movie doesn't warrant, but it's absolutely worth uh, raising. Did you know that this movie features original music composed by Stanley Clark? Y- yeah. Jazz fusion yeah. legend uh, from uh-huh. Return to Forever. That yeah. same year, he also composed for two other movies, Boys in the Hood and The Five Heartbeats.
2: So he did a, he did a complete reversal.
3: Yes. He
2: did Cool as Ice and then did... Boys in the Hood.
3: So he did Boys in the Hood first. Boys in the Hood came out earlier that year. Mm. I want to clarify. Boys in the Hood came out earlier that year. Five Heartbeats came out, I think, right after that. And then Vidal Ice is Cool as Ice is the third of these. Complete reversal. Did you know that Janice Kaminsky, the director of photography in this film, uh, just, a few years, director of, okay. just a few years after Cool as Ice, went on to become Steven Spielberg's go-to director of photography, beginning with Schindler's List and continuing through the Fablemans.
2: I mean, if you if you throw together a whole bunch of first timers who are looking to get into doing things for film, you know, one or two of them are gonna gonna strike and get like
3: real jobs. The rest of them aren't. Got it. Did you know who was considered uh, for the part of Kathy? Um, Gwyneth Paltrow. No, I, didn't, I didn't get that far. Gwyneth Paltrow was offered Gwyneth uh, Paltrow eighty thousand dollars to take the role until her father. Advised her against it after I looked at the script.
2: Yo, pops to the f- rescue, huh?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So this is Bruce Paltrow. This is before she had done any movies. She had not right. done one yet. She was like working at she was a hostess at an airport. It goes on. There's so much we can discuss in this. Uh, somebody who was offered the role but Gary. turned it down of Kathy, Lisa Marie Presley. <sighs> was offered this yeah. Yeah,
2: sure. That tracks.
3: Uh Gary. two of the two people on this movie. Kristen Minter, the love interest, Kathy, uh, and uh, Deezer D, who plays Jazz. Both Uh of those actors went on to have lengthy runs on the TV show ER.
2: Gary, I have an important question I need to ask you before we continue. So,
3: so Kristen Minter did about 71 episodes. I hear
2: you. I knew that, actually. I saw him, and I was like, oh, this a guy from ER. Deezer Uh, D had
3: 190 episodes. He was on that show for 15 years. Malik,
2: he was very good. Yeah. Listen. I want you to think about this and answer carefully. Do you want to watch Cool as Ice again? Is that where you're leading this? No. No, this is terrible.
3: This is a horrible film. But I have just spent so well, much time Well, I think it's, I think it's an it.
2: important I think it's an important distinction to make because we started this episode with the idea that these people shouldn't and you're making it impossible not to watch it again. You keep no. hitting people with sales hits
3: no i want people to understand this is an elevator pitch
2: for watching the movie
3: i am saving their time no one has to do any research about this movie i don't think they look up any fun facts i've given you all of it this is basically i just did a dump of
2: it anyone was gonna watch this be like i'm gonna go on a long strange journey and write down what i find like you did i will email anybody who wants it
3: i do not enjoy this film it's uh it's a film that say
2: that you have to say that because it would be uncool to say otherwise but but
3: i can't prove that so we'll leave it at you don't like the movie which i i don't care for sure i agree with there's a lot of things that we could have watched instead but we've been promising it for quite some time and we've delivered we've done now i wish we drug
2: it on forever it's done
3: cool as ice cool as ice
4: it's the cabbages podcast network